XL, Charlotte Sports Live. All right, well, a big congratulations to you. You made it through another day, and now you get to end it with us. Welcome inside Charlotte Sports Live. Carla Gebhardt, Grace Girl beside me. We got Joe Moreno joining us here in a little bit, and we got uh, several things to get to tonight. And we're going to be talking about a couple things, too. I know you're excited about this oh, one. Yeah. NASCAR has their plate pretty full of data to sift through tonight. Hornets host more NBA prospects, and there is a big elimination game between Duke and Coastal Carolina down at the beach. Those highlights will be just a little bit later, but right now, We've got an interesting take to address with the Carolina Panthers. That is right. While we wait for OTAs to continue tomorrow, our good friend and Heavy.com's NFL insider Matt Lombardo tells us that an AFC executive told him that, quote, the NFC South is wide open, that Frank will probably do pretty well. Frank is the definition of a pro's pro. His key will be Bryce Young and his ability to stay on the field. I worry that Bryce is going to get killed, like smashed. Well, that would be on the Panthers' offensive line, Grace. I think we can agree with that. But that's also something that the Panthers feel like they, they pretty much shored up last season. The one thing advantage um, going into the second year with the same group, uh, you're not having to teach the, the new drills and all that again. So they can kind of go into things a lot quicker. And, and I think we're, you know, as a group, we're making, you know, bigger strides early. And... I think, and you know, that obviously helps the new guys coming in uh, because now they can see it being done the correct way, and then uh, now it's all refining. So it's been really good. All right, taking a look at those guys now: Icky, Brady, Bozeman, Corbett, and Moten will be the lineup again this year. Only question mark is when Corbett comes back from injury. So let's talk their their stats. Panthers QBs were sacked 36 times last season for a total loss of 250 yards. They gave QBs a total pocket time of 2.46 seconds. And then over 17 games, they were only hurried 29 times and forced to scramble 19 times. Besides being sacked, Carolina's QBs were hit 24 times, but you also got to factor in who was behind center at times. They, it was like the rotating right. QBs for a while too. <laughs> yeah. And then and even plug in in the line for a little bit there as they were dealing with injuries. Yeah, not a good situation for the quarterback. And so, yeah, I think you hope to see a little bit more consistency at the quarterback position to hopefully uh, help those numbers. But, um, you, you know, you look at uh, the offensive line in years past and you look at those numbers and, yes, there's, I'm sure, room for improvement there. But it's much better than what it was. And so I think that's kind of the point that Coach Campen was making when we just heard from him there, he, he spoke earlier this offseason. But uh, they're building off of what the hard work that they put in last year. And, and James Campen is certainly a, a wonderful coach. So many great things have been said about him in the league. And so to see this, this group of men kind of take that next step this season, I think it's going to be pretty exciting yeah. as far as offensive linemen go because offensive linemen, you know, they've, they've got the, the, the gritty work. Yeah, and this is why they brought Campin back because they liked the yeah. job they did. And this was the group that they liked the most. Like Scott Fitterer talked all offseason like saying – now we can have that fun draft. They were going to go get their quarterback because they had these guys shored up. And this was now that we know who they liked in Bryce Young, they knew how crucial this was going to be. Right. Because once again, we are here talking about the quarterback size and how that is going to be a big factor in how these guys perform this yeah. season. And we're going to be talking about his size until he takes his first snap in the league. But again, the offensive line, that's the big key, I think, to keeping Bryce healthy and of course, this is probably a pretty good time to bring in our good friend Joe Morano, who joins the show with us right now. That's right, Joe. You've got more on how Bryce Young has dealt with this dilemma at Alabama. Yeah, obviously he was in a pretty nice situation at the University of Alabama. A lot of talent 
that you see from his college days comes from quick decision making, but also solid protection as Alabama's front lines are usually among the best in the college game. He can avoid the pressure at the college level very well, but he's not as mobile as you may think. You're not going to see him take off like Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But Young also was the beneficiary of some of the best receivers in the game over at Bama too. The case won't be the same in a league with everyone bigger and faster and the Panthers line will be up against it at times. But here's how Alabama's line fared for Bryce Young. Look at the differences here in 2021. His line allowed 18 sacks, 27 hits, 189 pressures. That's out of 15 games played. One thing Nick Saban does is fix problems, guys. Look at this next year. 12 games for Bryce Young played, just five sacks allowed. Once every other game, pressured 100 times less right there. This is where I think it's going to be a little different once you get to right. the, big, the big boy league here of the NFL. But as I said earlier, Bryce Young, not as mobile as you may think. He's run for less than 600 yards in those two seasons as Alabama's starter. So I'm curious what he'll see there. And this is maybe what this AFC executive's talking about. We can about. just put the pressure on right now. Like, let's yeah. see how well you fix problems if those problems arise. <laughs> well, you say maybe he's not, he doesn't run as much. But, I mean, he certainly scrambles in yeah, the pocket. Yeah. He gets out, he gets himself out of scenarios, that, that, that pressure situation. But, yeah, those numbers, uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that stacks up. I'm also curious if we're going to let the offensive line get their footing under them for a few games with Andy Dalton under center. Right. Way too many more months before the season starts to talk about that. Well, they have, they have the thought. pieces in place to have this be a tiered implementation of it. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I agree with that, and I think it's going to make for an interesting training camp down in Spartanburg. And listen, while we're <laughs> talking about Bryce Young adjusting to the league, this is coming on top of them all learning a new playbook, right, which is something the whole team is doing from top to bottom on the offense and the defense. They're about halfway through that installation process of the new book, and despite that challenge, the the guys are saying that they really like what they're seeing so far. You know, it's a lot. Every time you learn a new offense, it's a lot. So you really got to dive into those books, you know. Uh, this is the time. We got a lot of time to, you know, spend that extra time in, in the playbook. And that's what I think we're all doing right now. It's, it's, it's an awesome offense. You know, it's fun to learn. It's very tight end friendly. Uh, when you're in the red zone, kind of it's very tight end centric. I think everything kind of goes to that, especially when you have a young quarterback. Um, so you get the ball out quick, the guys that are kind of in your first side of vision. So it's exciting to be in those progressions and in those reads. Well, it's exciting to hear that it is tight end friendly. Yes. It is also <laughs> exciting to hear that Legacy Motor Club's front tire changer, Thomas Hatcher, has been released from the St. Louis University Hospital. Hatcher was injured during a late race pit stop where he collided with the tire carrier. He is now back at home recovering. Yes, love that news. And also coming off the heels of Chase Elliott's suspension for intentionally wrecking Denny Hamlin, we may have another racing incident that NASCAR is looking into. For Fox NASCAR's Bob Pockris, NASCAR is reviewing the wreck between oh, Austin Cendrick and Austin Dillon. Sources believe they're looking into the SMT data <laughs> to determine if the incident can be detected or if intent could be detected. We're going to keep you updated, of course, on the verdict that NASCAR reaches here. But Grace, we were talking about this last night. You said night. this last night that I this know, was gosh. that you were nervous that this was going to be the that Denny opened up a can of worms <laughs> and that this was going to be the new precedent set for reviewing anything that happens during a race in NASCAR. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I think NASCAR prides themselves on drivers policing the sport themselves and taking, you know, having those conversations off, out of the track and making sure that, you know, they kind of Come, come to front with some of that and come to front with some of the, the issues that they have. But when you get NASCAR involved 
and they start policing it and they start looking yeah. into the data and they start. I mean, I know that you can look at these numbers and certainly tell when intent is there. Uh, but maybe there's a situation where it's a little bit more blurred. The line is blurred a little bit and it is harder for intent to, to be kind of detected. But and can you, you get, right? Dale I Jr. Know. said that, like, how? Can, yes, you can show the data, but can you really tell what, you know, what's inside he, he, a driver's yeah. mind? I yeah. know it's it's a it's a tough place to be for NASCAR. Do not envy their position at all with that. And certainly a conversation that we'll continue to have the rest of the season. But anyway, uh, new faces are repping the Hornets at the high for workouts. But who's going to make it official at the end of the month? That is the question. A peek at the list of the NBA prospects that were in town. Those are next. Yeah, and still to come on Charlotte Sports Live, a deciding game seven at the beach as the Chance and the Blue Devils duke it out for a shot at Supers. And have you placed your bets? Well, you can't yeah, write, you can't can't write just yet because it's not illegal <laughs> yet in North Carolina. <laughs> That's right. But if and when it is, what is the first thing that you're going to put your money on? We're going to try to answer that question when Charlotte Sports Live returns. All right, Hornets hosting summer workouts. Here's the list of players that the Hornets hosted today. We've got Tumani Kamara out of Dayton, Armand Franklin out of Virginia, Colby Jones, Xavier, Justin Mutz, Julian Phillips, Davion Williamson from Wake Forest. So a good group coming in today for workouts. All right, well, this is the most informative two minutes in all of sports. And it resides right here on Quick Six. And look who we've got back. We got we got a full house tonight. We've got a full house. Brian Blakely back with us. Let's put two minutes on. Missed the you guys over the weekend. Aww. Yes. Good to see you all. I know. Monday. I was going to say, it's been like forever since I've seen you. All right. We got to get started. Joe, you are up first. Over or under 700 yards receiving for new Panthers tight end Hayden Hurst? I think he'll be under, but well over what the Panthers tight end spot has provided the last few years well. there. Also, think he's going to be asked to block a little bit more, too. So that's yeah, why you got to take the under on that one. Well, you just heard him say it's built for the Reds, and that's exciting. True. All right, Brian, the Premier Lacrosse League comes to Charlotte this weekend, and next year they'll station all of its teams in a home city. Which team should Charlotte get? Well, first off, <clears throat> I'd like to say that uh, this festival this weekend is going to be great if you love lacrosse. There's a lot of people that really a uh, big audience here for it. So you got music, food, and lots of lacrosse this weekend. As far as the teams go, I know there's the Chrome, the Chaos, and the Cannons or whatever, but I like the Whip Snakes. That's a better team name, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to explain that. But All right, Carla, multiple drivers suffered exploding brake rotors in Sunday's race at St. Louis. Will NASCAR do anything to address that? Uh, I, I'm sure that they will. I feel like this is maybe a more team issue, but there were, I think, three of them that happened in that race. And so, yeah, certainly enough to, to make it a problem to for somebody to address, whether it's the teams or NASCAR. All right, Joe, NBA Finals now tied at one. What will the series be after the next two games in Miami? I think 2-2. This Miami team is so good at closing out down the stretch defensively, but we saw three times last series against Boston where that didn't happen. So I think it's 2-2 after four games, and let's make it go seven. Yeah. All right, Brian, Kyrie Irving openly recruiting LeBron James to come to the Dallas Mavericks. Your thoughts? Do not listen, LeBron. Put on your earmuffs. <laughs> Do not go play with Kyrie Irving. It's a Top black thing. hole of bad chemistry and bad locker rooms. Yeah, I agree. All right, Carla, me and you, we've talked about this. We me have. and you are not big sports bettors, we but when not. it becomes legal in North Carolina, what is the first future bet you would you would? Bet? I kind of, I mean, the more fun ones, obviously. So maybe who Bryce Young throws his first touchdown pass to okay, in the yeah. league. That would be fun. Also, I love NASCAR, so maybe who's going to win the championship at Phoenix this year? Yeah. After they <laughs> win, I just don't want to say that. I just feel like that's like a spot for me to just lose money. Yeah. Yeah. No, no 
budget for that. No budget. <laughs> All right, still to come on Charlotte Sports Live, we are calling on Conway. We head down to the beach for a deciding game seven between Coastal and Duke. Well, the 1980 NBA Finals did not result in the championship for Julius Irving and the 76ers, the doctors still managed to give fans in Philadelphia something they'd never forget in Game 4. Just as he had done his entire career, the doctor delivered in our fifth best moment in NBA Finals history. Though Philly would lose the series in six, Dr. J and company would get their revenge against L.A., winning their lone title of the 1980s three years later. Game 7 in Conway tonight. Season's on the line for Coastal and Duke. That is MJ Metz in the bottom of the second. He rips that one to left field. Wasn't coming back, and the Devils strike first. It is nothing. Next inning. Alex Stone in the box for Duke with runners on the corners. That one hit well to left center field. And Duke is starting to gain some separation. It is now 4-0. Go to the bottom of the fifth. No, it's no Heidi Ho. That is Gio Giacomo with a bomb. Yeah, that's like the hot spot out there today. Yeah, really. And Duke does it. 13-3 over Coastal Carolina. The hosting Coastal Carolina. And they are heading to the Super Regionals. So that concludes the regional round. Next up is Supers. I think we're still waiting to see who will host all of them. I know right. a couple are already locked in, but play will begin this Friday and run through the weekend or Monday if needed. And now it's a best of three series, so that gets even more exciting. The College World Series is then scheduled to begin June 16th with finals running through the June 26th. And then the championship will be held on Monday, June 26. I can't believe we're already here. I know, gosh. Postseason baseball, so much fun. All right, a little bit closer to home, Queens University Athletics unveiling new branding today as the Royals take the next step in the Division I era. Queens mascot Rex the Lion dominates the new design that is already visible on the court in Curry Arena. The rebrand coincides with the 35th anniversary of intercollegiate co-ed athletics at the university and the 10th anniversary of the Levine, or Levine Center on campus. This past season was the first in Division I for, for the Royals. And if you're like us, you are tired of the drama between the networks and the local teams that, that really air their games. Yeah, so what's going to happen with the future of the Hornets, Canes, and Braves on TV? And what about local blackouts? I hate those. Yeah. Queen City News Now's Julian Sador helped get to the bottom of things this morning. Take a listen. Financial troubles could take some of the buzz out of the Hornets. Bally Sports is filing for bankruptcy, and the company could have an impact on people who watch the Hornets and the Hurricanes and the Atlanta Braves. All of that. Sportico reporter Kurt Badenhausen is joining us to talk about the company's bankruptcy and how it could affect some of the Queen City's favorite teams. And Kurt, let's kind of back up here because something significant happened last week in terms of that lawsuit with Bally Sports and the MLB, the court ruling in favor of the MLB. But break it down for us simpletons. What does that mean? Well, th this all stems back to 2019 uh, when Sinclair bought 21 RSNs. And the deal included a ton of debt, $10.6 billion deal. It was almost all done with debt. And that's the problem that we've run into now. The existing company, Diamond Sports Group, filed for bankruptcy back in March because they couldn't they couldn't produce enough income to service all that debt. So right now, 
the battle is going on in terms of those RSNs that particularly for baseball are really the economic foundation uh, because of the 162 game schedule. Uh, it's very lucrative, those rights. And right now they're going through and Diamond Sports is deciding in bankruptcy which deals they want to continue with and which deals are not profitable. Obviously, for fans of the MLB here, this is Braves country for a lot of people. But we were talking as we were coming uh, out of break there. You don't see the Braves RSN changing at all with Bally's because the Braves are making them a lot of money. A hundred percent. That that deal will continue on. Bally's is looking at the deals that make economic sense for them. Braves are, it's a very, <laughs> Braves get a big check, but they also generate a lot of revenue for Bally's. So I, I think what we're looking at is a transition period right now. Baseball wants to move to a situation where everybody can have access to every game wherever they are in the country. Right now, because of blackout rules, because of the existing RSN contracts, that doesn't exist. The RSN, for our viewers there who aren't familiar, Regional Sports Network. But talk about basketball there because, obviously, Bally's is our home for the Hornets, our home for the Hurricanes in the NHL. But you don't see any changes happening in that realm. Well, we're going to have to see. Right now, all the focus is on baseball, and all the focus is on baseball for two reasons. It's in season. Um, and also they provide the biggest pay- paychecks. It's, it represents about 23% of Major League Baseball revenue. But the NBA and NHL are both committed to moving forward with whatever situation in terms of having those deals uh, in place for fans next season. Do you ever see a, a scenario where we get rid of the blackouts and people are able to watch their teams wherever they want to? Oh, it's coming. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, right now, it's just a battle over the timeline. Is it 12 months? Is it two years? Is it five years? Uh, but but that's what Major League Baseball wants. And, and the teams recognize that. Bally's model moving forward, Diamond Sports model moving forward, is they want to create a streaming service with uh, the 16 or so teams that they control Major League Baseball rights. Right now, they only have those streaming rights for four or five teams. And so they've only had about 200,000 people sign up for them. They want 8, 10 million people to sign up to stream Major League Baseball games. Uh, to your point, be able to watch one game, be able to sign up for a package of games, uh, to be able to do it wherever they are. And so so that is coming. It's, it's just a negotiation between all the parties uh, that control the rights. We're happy to have you on the show and happy that there's some sort of movement there. Kurt, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, Victor Hovland may have just won the Memorial Tournament off a seven-foot putt for birdie in a one-hole playoff, but that is not the reason that the PGA golfer is getting our QC crown tonight. Here's a cool reason why he earns the honor. That's right after this. NASCAR Cup Series heads out to Sonoma for the last race on Fox this season, and that means one last chance to catch our pre-race show this weekend around the track set for 2.30 ahead of the green flag that drops at 3.30. College Racing's Justin Haley will join us, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on Fox right here on Sunday. All right, let's hand out our QC crowns. It's our MVP moment of the day. We've got two really good ones, and Grace, you get to go first. Yeah, we're giving my, I'm giving mine tonight to a local kid, Philip Abner, the former Charlotte Christian pitcher, now a sophomore with the Florida Gators. He pitched two innings in relief today as the Gators pitched a 6-0 shutout over Texas Tech to advance to the Super Regionals, which 
I believe they will host three Ks for Abner in those two innings of relief. So congrats to him and the Gators. I love that and the local tie. All right, my crown is going to Victor Hovland. I mean, Grace, this is just the friend that you would like to have. We mentioned that he won the memorial over the weekend. Well, less than 24 hours later, after winning just $3.6 million. Easy. You know, millionaire. Cool. Nothing. That's pocket change. <laughs> he caddies 36 holes at the U.S. Open for his former OSU teammate. I love this. I said it on Twitter, no moment's too big, no moment is too small. I mean, that is a great friend. That is like the person that you want in your, your backcourt like, all the time. And, you know, that's when you know like they're the real ones. Yeah. You know, like I'm not too big for my britches that I yeah. can't go caddy for my best friend. It's a good friend. All right, we'll see you <laughs> right back here tomorrow night for Grace and myself. Good night, everybody.